0: Welcome everybody to a baby radio episode two. We made it, really. We really made it. Like I only—I never thought we'd make it this far.
1: We not red bones, but you may need to put that
0: poop. Two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Welcome everybody to a baby radio episode two. I go by the name of Brian White. That's Brian like Kobe, Kirk like Franklin, White like the color.
1: I need a slogan. You got it. <laughs> um, hello everyone. My name is Ayat Solomon. Um someone in the comments last week told me formally, so I'ma still say I still go by Aya So I'm program wrong. director,
0: baby. I wrong with that, wrong wrong with that at all. So uh, overall, we're here episode two. Episode one was successful. Um, I think we got uh for for a good bit of our crowd, they get to understand what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, um so just from your perspective, what's something that you want people to take from a baby radio?
1: Um, Just the conversations. And I think a lot of times when people think of a baby, they think of a, um, not an overload, but a well-prepared, like, yeah. coming to teach you. Right. But most people who know me personally, anyone who's ever came in contact with you personally, it's always an experience. And it's always you take something from that conversation. So I just want people to know like, this is just, you're on FaceTime with us. You're on a private conversation with us. You're, you're in our community.
0: (laughs) That's a fact. That's a fact. When you talk about experience, that's one thing we always stood on, whether it be live, whether it be through media, or whether you experience an opportunity that somebody gave you. Um, Overall experience is key, especially in this life thing. And I think the baby radio definitely stands for that. Um, For me in general, I'm glad, you know, we can connect. A baby radio being what we call a a live uh, interactive talk show. You know, make sure you jump in the chat, introduce yourself, uh, let us know how you feel, uh, insert yourself into the conversation at any time, and we want to know what you what you feel like. You know, we're not perfect. Um, we got to the point where we are because we had the time to sit down and you know think about the experiences that we've been through. So imagine the idea of multiple experiences, a conglomerate of experiences, a, a village of experiences coming together through a baby radio so that we all can grow together. I think that's what we can do here. It's definitely an experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to overuse that word, but it is. It's not uh, It's not linear. It's very fluid. Um, such as everything in life. Absolutely. We're, <laughs> like right now, this whole yep. pandemic we in is definitely not linear. Um, not at all. Last week we had Keith a creative and he said he had his plans rolled out now everything is you got to be ready for
0: it we're trying to figure it out um, One thing I've been um, I guess experiencing is the idea of you know what's my role in this thing so last week my district my school district uh, with my district my job as a district employee we had spring break and now we're back at it um, and so us being in, I would. I guess some people may say the middle of it. Some people may say the beginning of it. Some people may say the end of it. As far we're as in, us, everybody
1: can agree that we're in it.
0: Yeah, we're definitely in it. We're in it a hundred percent. So, just from from a school standpoint, which in my eyes is the community standpoint, mm-hmm. it's more so. You know, what are we doing as a whole to 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 make sure the ball keeps rolling? And I think from education and in some other some other places, whether, especially our essential workers, but definitely education is, you know, what are we doing to help these kids? And so it got me to thinking about, you know, education as a whole, yeah. you know, whether it be elementary kids, middle school kids, high school kids, the college students, um, the graduates who just graduated, you know, what from an educational standpoint should we actually be offering? Like what? what's most important what's most valuable at this time let's say they don't get to go back to school what's most valuable at this time and I know you being an education you know how do you feel about that
1: so like for me the the whole quarantine the fact that we're out of school concerns me more from a social aspect for mm-hmm. the kids that are homeless the kids that have they're in abusive homes or hunger that concerns me i think a lot of people are concerned and they feel like the students are taking an L or this generation is not going to be as smart. They're missing out on five months of school. It's like they're overthinking about the educational part. That does not concern me at all to be completely honest with you. I feel like if done correctly which you know, leads to your question, what can be done? But if done correctly, these students might be the most self-aware, open-minded mm-hmm. generation. Just from the fact that their education is, is not um, tailored. I call it jailhouse schools. Mm. Like they're not in a classroom all day. They're not being, you know, um, they're not getting information vomit. They're, it's getting tailored to them. So if you're at your house, relaxed, doing your work, or you're sitting all on the floor with your siblings, however you're getting yeah. that education, it's tailored to you versus in a classroom. It's a population, yeah. you know, like in that schedule. So I really feel like these kids are going to be a whole different experience. And then added on that outside from the math, science and reading, they're getting life experiences. These kids are getting more time to be outside. Because if you think about it from the moment you enter first grade till you die, unless you retire, you know, become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You have these eight hours a day that's not they're not yours anymore. Like they're loaned to you, you know. Like they're not, you don't have them. You're sentenced to this 10 hours a day. So I I really feel like if done correctly, these kids can benefit from it. But back to your question, like what is it that can be done?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I I think I had a conversation with um, a young guy earlier who we, we do a scholarship with, with a baby. And so we're looking at, you know, how can this scholarship help these students, these 12th graders who are going to college So speaking from that 12th grade, that 17 or 18 year old standpoint, um, him coming from uh, a high school that's actually K through 12. So you're talking about our community where community is everything like like um, as far as who, you know, and, and who you can gather from, and who you can speak with. That's very important. So what it hit me in that conversation was the idea of, you know, the students not being able to have those regular interactions that they usually do. You know, it's yeah. great, it's great to learn the things that are in those books. You know, uh, literacy, um, knowledge is, is definitely is powerful, it's it's limitless. But at the same time, when we're looking at someone in the adolescent phase, again, these experiences, um, these introspective moments, these someone tapping them on the shoulder, or even a reality check that's a punch in the chest, is very valuable. So his mindset, what we went back and forth about was like the idea of. These kids don't have a guidance counselor to say, you know, how's that app looking? These kids don't have the the opportunity for a teacher to look them in the eye and ask what's wrong. Um, these these kids don't have those moments where they can express their inner self. You know, it's more so, you know, what's going on with 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 my my grade right now. And I think
1: I think it's like for the lower elementary school that they don't have that. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of the power of social media in the internet. Like There's her. little people who get on Twitter and say, "I need help on my resume. I'm a graduating senior. I'm first generation, and like you know, random people come to the rescue. That's mm-hmm. more than my guidance counselor ever did for me in high school. So like on that aspect, it, it's it's a tug of war. It's really just about um, taking, I guess, taking the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's about maximizing it. But like even those students, I told you, it's just the social, emotional part for me that I am still back and forth with. But those kids that are creative, they get limitless time to draw now. The kids, you know, in my personal class, like that's something I have a tug of war with. Like I have a lot of students that I'm like, okay, once you finish this, you can draw. But even then, it's limited. It's not allowing you. So now that they're in this virtual classrooms, I feel like it's allowing them to tap into themselves more. Instead like of what the person on the right is doing, the person on the left is doing. Am I doing this right? Am I fast enough? Am I smart enough? It's really a lot of introspection, which can be negative for those people dealing with bad feelings, but it can also be flourish.
0: I got you. I got you. Um, I, I definitely like all those aspects. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but every time I get hype about that, I still think about like the the, the children who are you know, below the poverty line or Mm -hmm. sitting on the poverty line. And it's like, or, well, not even that, just even including Mm -hmm. that, like the kids who are, you know, dealing with at-home issues and and having to go back and forth with their parents or their siblings or whoever their guardian is and how that's affecting them. Because for for a lot of students, school is a safe haven uh, from the world. Um, So we definitely keep that in mind too. And we pray for those students.
1: But I feel like as far as education, It it can alter the way education looks in the future Mm -hmm. because what we're talking about is community, Um, like a community center. If education is flexible, what we're saying is, is if we take away the four walls of a school, we just need to insert a community center in that, you know, so we're not taking away that safe haven. So it's allowing one to flourish without and then substituting it with something else like because what we're talking about is that education. They come to school to get away. Mm-hmm. If there was something else in that community for them to get away, education part, it'll be completely different.
0: I like that. So overall, what we're talking about is like the value of education when it comes to to, to self,
2: Yeah. Um,
0: when it comes to experiences. And something we talk about a lot via a baby is like, how how do you teach that to somebody, you know, who is who is elementary or middle school age or even high school age? And I think, again, yeah, definitely they're getting these these lessons without asking for it um, right now.
1: And I, feel, and I feel like that how to, it's really exposure. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're missing out on until you see it. You don't know that someone out there is happy in their career. Like, I remember growing up thinking you're not supposed to be happy at your job. Like, <laughs> you're supposed yep. to find something else to make you happy on the side until you meet someone who is thoroughly, like, happy with what they do for a living. Then you start thinking, like, hmm, maybe that, you know, that's possible. So, like, even for children, college kids, like, I really think exposure, like, just having that transparency and transparency in transitions, like, when something happens, don't hide it. I remember me and you had this conversation probably, like, a year ago. People show you that they struggled at the end. Now, now your struggles also not that encouraging to me right, right. you know, like, you can't tell me how bad you struggled at the end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to see it through the process to know, like, and not even idolize it, but like, okay, I could do that too.
0: That's a, that's a very important thing, um, and I just, I just keep going back to a baby because, as far as what we're looking at, whether you look at the, the stage association where we can. Have young adults our age or even younger than us come in and and exclaim and be proud of the not just the ups that they've achieved, but especially um, the downs that they went through. And talking about those things and saying, you know, this is what happened, and and it has happened to someone you know, if not yourself. And this is how you can come out of, it. and it's possible. Um, again, us growing up, you didn't you didn't really have that. You didn't you didn't see somebody, you know, breaking down. The downs. All they did was, you know, celebrate the ups, especially and on I the think,
1: like with pandemic, it's it's not it's not great. But the United States hasn't had a war here since the oh. Civil War. So suffering and like the economy, I really think this is a learning point for a lot of people. And like once we come out of this, especially younger people, they're gonna know how um, I guess. I don't even know the word for it, but like how resilient they can be. Like you literally overcame this, you know, like we learn about all the yeah. stuff in the history books that was just terrible and traumatic. I really think for the past, I've been in the United States 20 years. Um, tragedy has occurred, but the only thing that has influenced or like changed our day to day is gas prices. Literally. Yeah. When we think of Any war that happened, anything that happened, all we reflect back on. Yeah, guess so. Hi, I can't leave my house or, you know, like, but for something to come and literally shake up our entire existence. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we're going to get through it. But once we get through this, it's going to be one of those things like, okay, we can do this. (laughs) Like, We got this, you know,
2: but it's like
0: America's not used to the way. I say it a lot. I, I don't really have like any fact based off it, but I, America in my head isn't isn't used to the idea of you know okay, there isn't something greater for me. There isn't something mapped out for me. There isn't a time where I can where okay, I'm supposed to stop. I'm supposed to just give myself. I'm supposed to just be open. Um, and and I think this moment for a lot of people is right there for them to connect with it. But watching TV, talking, talking to associates, a lot of them they just want to keep moving. They just want to, you know, it's kind of like you're avoiding the the ideals that are given to you from what's happening right now. Like soon It's almost down,
1: like denial.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As like soon as things slow down, I was like, OK, this is a moment to connect or reconnect or find what really matters in your life. And I'm definitely noticing a lot, a lot of a lot of people that I know personally, people that I don't know. I'm listening to a lot of people that are personally that that are taking some time for that to hit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe at the end of this, it's just going to be like a little bump. But I personally believe that this moment is, is very crucial, especially in introspective journey of not just us, not just South Carolina, not just Georgia, but not just the U.S., the whole world.
1: I'm really interested to see once we're over this hump, once we're through with the virus, whether it's in a year three, whatever it is, we know it's going to end eventually. How, glint, like, how impactful is it? Like, what kind of impact is it going to leave? Because although Americans are in denial right now, we are very short. Um, our attention span is very short. Like, deaths happen and we're, we say, you know, how much better we're going to do? And then that phases, you know, like all yeah. this. We, we overpromise. So this has been huge, and it's happened to every single person worldwide. So I'm really interested to see how we utilize that in that, um, you know, if you see people on Twitter joking, like, ask your, you know, in interviews, how how did you treat your employees during <laughs> COVID-19? But it's like, it's serious. It's not one of those things that we can forget. So I'm really interested to see how we transition to that next phase.
0: Would you think? Would you feel like, not just in the transition, but saying like, I want to see what this what is happening. Do you think there is any malice in that, or any? Do you for you like if somebody was like, oh man, that's mean, like that sounds evil for you to say. Look, you you supposed to learn something from this. Like, if someone comes to you, or or for the people who feel that way, how do you go about that? How do we go about continuing to relay the message of there is something positive in this?
1: It's part of your life. It's. Life did not pause, you know, your social life might have paused your employee life. Like it's still a part of life. You're still aging. So okay. <laughs> I believe you, we're here for a reason, you know, whether it's you believe in God or not. But it's like you're here for a reason. Any place you are serves a reason and you need to learn from it. And in like any other experience. Yes, it's tragic, but you learn from it. And I think like going back to that. It's the first thing that's ever happened to America, like, in a long time. We forget that when we turn on the TV and there's bombing across the world, that it changed their life and they learned something from it. Mm -hmm. To us, it's just, oh, wow, that's crazy, you know? But now that it's something that we're living through, you have to learn something from it. Like, there's no debate. Whether it's intentional, like those people that are sitting at home and they're like, I'm journaling. This is what I learned from you or it's unintentional. When you go down a few years from now, you realize how resilient you came, became. So you're gonna learn from it regardless, directly or indirectly.
2: <laughs> you're
3: yeah,
0: alive. I learn from it regardless, with brings us full circle because it's all about education, man. It's all about education <laughs> itself and, and us tapping in and figuring out who we are um, from an educational standpoint. Shout out to our teachers, shout out to all our educators. Um, continue doing your best. Um, but definitely, you know, much prayer for the kids, for the for the people at home also. And I hope I hope that everyone, whether you're a parent or not, is able to take this moment and tap in and say, you know, this is this is going to be able to teach me something. Because over here at a baby, we believe in something called change, progression and growth, um, which are our three pillars, change being uh, the beginning of any moment, any change that occurs in your life, whether bad or good. In this situation, we're talking about something that's very unstable, something that we don't have control of, something that the majority would definitely say is is bad because it's putting us in positions where we have to work harder, where we have to figure things out, where we have to um, step in a hole that that we didn't want to be in, so that we can then climb out later. Um, but the main thing that, keep going.
1: There's those that are scared from economic, and then there's those that are actually scared from the disease, the virus, and I'm not I'm not downplaying it, but there's multiple things in your life that you thought you'd you'd never get through. There's multiple points in your life where you thought, Lord, this is it. I know you're <laughs> going to take me. So and now it, when you look back at it, it's like a glimpse. So yeah. I just know, like, once we get through this, it's it's life-altering already. It's not, it's going to be life-altering. It's life-altering already. But you learn how to roll with the transitions. Yep. We transition jobs. We transition cities. We transition, like, our social circle, our life, everything can change. You just got to be able to roll with it and
3: learn from it.
0: The more, the more you know, the more you know. That's speaking, it. speaking of knowing, you know, big shout out to uh, Well Known Studios. You know, things may be a little blurry in life right now, but just know, you know, when you see that, when you see that, you know, you can look into it. So make sure you check out Well Known Studios whatever what what are you what's i see what your what does your shirt say
1: oh it says the black woman is god
0: okay how you feel about that the black woman is god she is
1: <laughs> um i think every time i wore this shirt i've been stopped mm-hmm. like and i mean i believe the black woman is god i don't think that i think it's different to say the woman is god versus god is a black woman
0: yeah that's different
1: those are two totally different statements.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't I don't engage in conversations when you don't understand the sentence. But you I do. The black woman is the closest thing to God from Mother Nature, from the resilience, from what we can do. Versus, I think when religious conversations is when we say God is a black woman. That's. Yes.
0: Like an identity thing, but that's yes. you know we got plenty of episodes to dive into. We'll
1: talk about identity
0: another day. <laughs> I know you, you know me, you know, and when it when it comes to women, um, I definitely I was raised by all women, so I admire the the plight of the woman, especially the black woman, um, especially the minority woman in general. So, I think just just continue forward tonight's episode. I want to bring on somebody who uh represents a specific journey that that we admire. I think we admire both individually as a group, and I'm I'm speaking for me and a yacht. And I think her story or just her energy in general will be something that that you all can can also admire, cherish, and even more learn something from. So right now I want to bring on uh, Miss Deasia Rutter uh, to the show. Y'all give her a round of applause. We're gonna get a button. Right, right.
3: Okay, I have a question. Uh-oh. Can I have this on camera or? <laughs> it's already on camera. Baby, you grown.
0: you grown. This is oh. your journey.
3: I don't know. You know, PG-13, even though um, Rob Speaks, did like a Nina for booze last week. So.
2: Hmm.
3: How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. This quarantine is... Are you are you a baby okay remember yeah I'm, yeah okay. this is, if y'all didn't see last week's episode this is just like not great but not like I'm not dying you're not below average it's okay to be okay and this yeah, is I'm just okay like that's
2: someday
0: mm-hmm. well, long our goal is for you to our goal is for you to be here and if you're below there then we're here to pick you up
3: I know. I know that's why I love y'all. I'm so glad you're on here. We,
1: I know, like Brian said, we personally admire your journey, but like, as of lately, I think it went from a mentor mentee, but now you're an adult adult. So I'd be like, mm-hmm. Dang, you know? like the adult transition. I don't think a lot of people are comfortable with transitioning in their adulthood.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel like, What's been the hardest, easiest? Give us a backstory from graduation.
3: Oh my gosh! Okay, so okay. Once I graduated. I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and I got like a big girl job. You know, it was eight to five. I was dressing up for work. You
1: know, oh,
3: we care about his outfit. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you wear professional clothes to work, you be like,
3: I made it. Girl, posting your computer on Instagram. But um, I was just a receptionist for a finance company and I was making, I mean, it was, it wasn't that great. But I worked for that company for like almost a year and then I found out about a deployment, which the deployment came right on time because I was in a space where I was working at this job and it was just becoming too routine Mm -hmm. I wasn't learning anything new I wasn't really important I mean I was a receptionist um I wasn't doing what I felt like I was supposed to be doing so like I was in a space where I was stagnant and I don't like that I need accomplishments and progress and you know growth constantly to feel okay about myself and it was just I was in a you know relationship that was slowly but surely going downhill so the deployment was like right on time so I definitely volunteered like without a question and I was going overseas for 9 months and it wasn't bad I feel like I didn't um appreciate it while it was here because it was definitely a wonderful experience I was just so ready to get back home because I'm a family friends person so I just really missed my family and my friends and this I miss two of my best friends' graduation. I miss birthday parties. My family celebrates everything, so I miss birthday parties and Christmas dinner and everything. So it was just kind of hard for me being over there away from family and friends cause that's what makes me happy. So came home, and the job that I was working at gave my position away. and uh, they kind of like scrambled up some book. Can I curse? They like scrambled up for me. positions. I just felt disregarded and it was just like, oh yeah, you won't be working in the same position because by law, they have to bring me back on, but it does not have to be the same position and the pay has to be either the same or greater. Um, So by law, they had to bring me back on as an employee, but they did not have to keep my job. So the job that I was in was sh- slowly but surely guaranteeing me a position in the HR department. Um, mm-hmm. and then they gave that away, changed the position completely and kind of just like threw some positions at me. Like we have this open, we have this open. It was how like, was your, huh?
1: how was your emotional state during, that? how was your emotional state during all that? Cause you're talking about like the on paper resume stuff, mm-hmm. like, Oh, went there, came back, checked, added that to my resume. But mm-hmm. as far as going. Oh, Post college, needing those accomplishments mm-hmm. to—I remember when you told me you was deploying. I was like, voluntarily, like, you yeah. know for what? Like
2: I'm you want to leave? Like it was
1: almost a run. Mm-hmm. So what's what was the emotional transitions?
0: Yeah, dive you dive, Please dive deep into that. What I'm gonna do because I know you feel more comfortable talking to her. So you know I'm a, I'm gonna take my step back. Okay, I know y'all's personal relationship. And I'm going to sit here and go, I'm going to go ahead and go crawl over here real quick.
1: <laughs> no, like just run, run through the emotional, because graduating college is a huge accomplishment, mm-hmm. but that high doesn't last. We know that high does not last. It'll literally last. If you graduate in May, it'll last that summer. <laughs> and then when everybody go back to school, if you don't have a job, you're going to be like, do I need to re-enroll? Do I need to go to grad school? What do I need? So like just emotionally, how did you feel? Did you feel?
3: Right at the graduation, I felt accomplished, like you said, for like a couple weeks because when I got my first job, it had nothing to do with what I had to study for four years. So I just felt like I was rushing into something, but it worked out because now, you know, i want to further my career within that type of that field. Um, feeling like I needed to, to um, volunteer for a deployment at that point, I was, like, really in a dark space. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was just, like, just existing. So I needed something, like, a drastic change. So I was my first sergeant was, like, we got a deployment to Germany. And I was, like, sign me up. You're like, I'll go. Let's go. <laughs> so I went. And when I got over there. I was, like, depressed because I wanted to come back home. When I got back home, I was happy to be home for like two or three weeks. Um, That was was a happy time in my life because my best friend was getting married, so I was kind of helping her with that. But But like knowing
1: you're in a an amazing place now. You're Mm -hmm. in school. You moved to a new city. Drake's lyrics are about you at this point. But How can you? How do you feel like you can cope with that emotional roller coaster without having a jump and move? Because I'm a runner, mm-hmm. and I can't stay in mediocre situations. That's relationships work, regardless of what it is. So to me, I've learned to cope, mm-hmm. but not settle. Like coping. Have you, Have you been learning coping mechanisms? Like, do you express yourself more? Because I feel like that phase between you knew shit wasn't going well to so I'm gonna wait till be deployed it's like- like, okay
3: so people look at my life and my family is just so proud of me for joining the military and graduating college and all this but really I'm not like a genius like I'm not like really book smart or I'm not like just this genius who got it all figured out or you know I'm not that's not what it is at all. So I haven't decided if I'm really a driven person or if I need constant accomplishments for validation. Mm. So first of all, don't downplay yourself. But
1: if someone said what well, what made you what makes you special? Like why you why are you being blessed?
3: I know a hundred percent that my blessings come from my heart. My heart to other people, like who I am for other people. I recognize that I am a light in other people's life, strangers, friends, family. I care so much about other people. I think that's where my blessings come from. I know that's where my blessings come from.
1: And that's—and honestly, I feel like a lot of people downplay that. They feel like it has to be something tangible, something measurable. Right. But what you put it out into the universe is what you get back.
3: hmm and during like musicians,
1: during any life changes, like whatever you put out into the world is what you get back.
3: Mm-hmm. And like in A Baby, we talk about um, passion and everything like that. And a lot of people in A Baby are artists, whether it's um, music or r- literally drawing or anything like that. And I can't say that I have a talent that I'm passionate about, but I am passionate about something. And that something is, Love and selflessness and people and well being of other people that's what I'm passionate about. Servicing others,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think, and that's and that's something really important. I want people to like take in on your passion is not always a hobby, Mm -hmm. your passion is not something that's always measurable. Your passion can be something that you enjoy doing, you figure out what your passion is, and then you go backward. I remember when, um, we're gonna get Brian back on the screen but when I first met Brian I was like I know I have something to offer but eh, I don't know what it is like you know it's I'm compassionate how do you turn compassion into a career how do you how do you turn compassion into um what I do is sentence mm-hmm. and um like it took a bevy for me to come to realization that what you have to you have something to offer point blank
3: period so it, it doesn't have to be something you could put on your resume It's like I know I'm passionate about people and a lot of a lot of my friends and family know that I'm passionate about special needs, children and things like that. And so sometimes I feel like, am I really that passionate about it? Because that's not what I'm doing full time. But I do realize I still have to pay bills, you know, (laughs) but some people don't care about money when it comes to following their passion and going, you know, head first for what they love and what they believe in. So sometimes I'm hard on myself for not really pursuing um, behavioral therapy for special needs children or something like I really want to open a girl's home. So sometimes I really think like, I know I can have a corporate job and make good money doing that, but am I selling myself short for not doing what I really love? Like I don't love... How do you you feel about um,
1: how the universe, the population, society views passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my perspective that an architect can say his passion is to help others, and he Mm -hmm. helps others by bringing their vision to life and creating their dream home. Mm -hmm. That's still his passion, is to help others, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Brian, how do you feel like passion is limited in society, or how, how can we get it out that box of what you're passionate about is Mo- you can monetize, or what you're passionate about is a gift. Like mm-hmm. I really think passion's in a box. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think that's definitely an age-old question. And I think at times we we tend to limit ourselves because of how you know what's outside of you know ourselves outside of this box. I I'm, I I want to name drop, but I met a guy named Pharrell Williams once, and I asked him. I said, you know, how did you get outside of the box? Mm-hmm. And his response was, he said, he said it real cool now, like imagine how you see Pharrell, like he said, I said, how do you get outside of the box? He said, there is no box. And so in that moment, it was like, okay, we have to we'll go backwards and look at the clouds that we've created within our lives, uh, which would be the structures, which would be, the, the things that we are have created around us to limit ourselves and say okay this is what I have to do or this is what I should be so at that point when you're able to tap into a passion you can then go about it a different way um one thing you guys have been talking about is um the Asia you finding something that you that you can sh- continue doing you can you can find love in you can find you know continuous energy in when i when I think about passion, I think, I think the question you asked, like, how are we transitioning that into, like, something we can utilize in this world?
1: No. Um, I think that's the problem. I think
2: mm-hmm.
1: we constantly, before someone is loud with what their passion is, before they say it out loud to themselves or others, they're trying to figure out how they can give it to the world. How mm-hmm. they can make money off of it. How can, mm-hmm. how can it benefit immediately, you know? Okay. And I think that's the okay. box. When someone says, "What are you passionate about?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm passionate about music." So, yeah. I'm, you know. So it's like for those that struggle with the intangible passion. Yeah,
0: it's a hard box. That's a word
1: sit- that is a word.
0: Yeah, it's a hard box to sit in because the fruit is guaranteed, but the fruit isn't going to come at your command. Mm. All right. So when it comes to to faith in general. Um, whoever's watching is when you look in the mirror and say you have faith, you have to believe that. I started a baby, uh, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. Um, as we celebrate these 10 years, looking at it, 10 years, I haven't gotten a paycheck from a baby. Mm-hmm. However, a baby has led me into places, people, things to where I was able to sustain a lifestyle and not just a regular lifestyle i've been i've been blessed you know 10 times over um from the most humble standpoint so even bragging sometimes like i never even saw myself where i am right now and a baby is the most common factor in how i got here so me being true to that passion me being true to to creating an avenue that had nothing to do with making money had nothing to do with tangibles it was a lot of intangibles, as as y'all know, as our members know, a lot of a baby is intangible. It's connecting with things that you can't touch, and those are those are the most valuable things that we can have. When we mention, you know, what can you leave? You know, what do you have other than what you leave? Yes. When we mention that, like that's what life is about, and so us connecting to a passion, that's where the connection goes. I think
1: and, what you just said is exactly what the tug of war in society is Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what do you have to leave there's half 75 percent are talking about the wealth that you're leaving the next generation
2: yeah
1: they're also talking about the tangible legacy that which which obviously we need we have to catch up eventually but there's also the impact legacy that we're you know that i don't think is discussed in isolation from the financial at all that that's honestly, I feel like is the big part that people need to realize. You can work on both at the same time, and you can also leave a, um, in, a intangible or an impact legacy without it being you funded a school, mm. you, you opened a church, you opened a shelter. Mm. So, I'm like just honing in on what that is, that might be. That's probably the biggest a baby lesson. Like, that might be the
0: biggest a baby lesson. Yeah, I think we take it as our job to just to just have representations of the hope for that. Again, mm-hmm. a word that a yacht um, goes back to is exposure, letting you know that it is possible. Um, the job I have, I have it because of a baby. While at the same time, I have a job in a baby that, you know, it all aligns the same way. So in that, I have a lane where, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a representation of that. While at the same time, you still have those ups and downs. It's always a continuous journey. So don't ever think it's going to get to a point where it's, you know, it's beauty and and comfort and uh, uh, um, a an oasis of of happiness. But what the goal is, is to go up, is yeah. to be better, is to feel better. And while at the same time, make the people around you, the things around you in this world, be a better place than when, when, than when it once was. was. And so, to be in a position where you aren't doing that, that's what we stand against.
1: And I think to be in a position where you're thinking about outside factors. I remember um, when I was president of bevy at USC, um, I think our very first form, first of all, Bryant was on us, okay? But <laughs> we didn't have that many. Opinions. And I remember that was our, my first time being like, oh, we could just reschedule it. <laughs> but, Reschedule it. I don't care if it's one person in that room or three, three hundred. That you know the energy, the enthusiasm, the message—it still needs to be sent. like point blank. Period. So I feel like when it comes to your passion, if it's something that you feel like, well, a lot of people are not going to do this with me, or a lot of not, a lot of people are not going to feed into it, then it's not really something that you may want to do. You know, you it has to be something. Whether you do it in private, whether you scream loudly, like Bryant's passion in a baby is ten years old. Other people have passions that are, they're not secrets, but they're things that they do that make them happy. But it's not always a monetized hobby. It's not always going to turn into a job. It may turn into an opportunity for somebody else, but it may not be your job. But yeah, definitely. D.A.J., don't downplay the intangible passions, okay?
3: (laughs) That was, that's definitely a problem. Or not a problem, but that was definitely a challenge for me because I, my passion is intangible. I can't measure it. I can't tell you how, I can't tell you how good I am at it. You know what I'm saying? So, But you
1: gotta own it. I'm growing yeah. into that right now. You just gotta own it.
0: Continue to own it. We'll, we're definitely gonna continue to keep track with you. Um, main. the first thing that we try to push again, going back to change, progression and growth, as you continue to go through these changes of life, continue to go, you know, progress forward and grow from it. And I think that's something that definitely instilled in you. So we have no doubt that you're going to continue to be a shining beacon, a shining light of hope, exposure, and definitely passion uh, for everyone. And that's going to be the the biggest impact, a bigger impact than you can even imagine. So uh, never doubt that you can stress, you can whatever you feel, that's your emotions. But just know, have faith when you go to the back of that room, to the base of your tears, know that your impact is going to be felt.
3: And we
1: appreciate you. We feel it. I already feel it. Like from first encounter. So
3: (laughs) that's what I'm most appreciative about a bevy is some of the connections I have made after joining this organization have been kind of surreal for me because there have been times where I would be like, really really down about something and after not talking to brian for months i mean me a yacht we have like a regular relationship but after not talking to brian for months i would literally be at a very low space literally in that moment and i would get a random text from brian like how are you and it's just for me it's just like constant reminders that i'm in a baby for a reason a-Baby is huge. The bonds and the connections that I have made are real. And when people can feel you and when you have that type of connection with somebody, like it's worth it. Definitely. We
2: love
0: try, you. Yeah, trying to make me cry for you. To get out of here, but, uh, we love you, DeAsia. Uh, we're definitely,
2: you definitely,
0: definitely going to have you back. Uh, my phone is on. The phone is on. You already know that the future is ours. Shout out to Baby Stage Association and the City that you're in. We're gonna put Charlotte, you
2: there. North Carolina, a baby stage. there you go.
0: Put it, there you go. We
2: man. are coming.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and again, again for Baby Stage Association Charlotte. We'll be able to continue to expose the world, our youth, and people who, who doubt in general that all of us have uh, not just a passion but a path to, to live that and a purpose to make an impact in this world. So love you, DeAsia. I Thank
3: love you. y'all. Thank
0: you for having me. Of so course, cool.
3: absolutely. Ooh, that was good.
0: Yeah, the Asian lit, man.
1: I I love her transparency and mm. any. It's just energy, and like she said, that's something I struggled with. Like you can't tell, you can't bottle it up. I can't tell you I'm a good vibe. Like I yeah. can't tell you that. <laughs> you gotta feel it.
0: Yeah, the the main thing is like I don't know because when you have the energy, those type of people tend to doubt it. And for some reason, I, I ain't have been around the age and left the conversation feeling less than I always feel better. So I'm glad I'm glad she was able to make it tonight.
1: Yes. And own it. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope
2: the
1: people listening knew like you. you, Good. Good vibe is rare.
0: Yep. And you
1: can own that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's,
1: not, that's not lightly. Not lightly at all.
0: Especially Now we need that. And speaking of of her passion or in general, everyone, you know, finding that intangible passion. Sometimes we have a passion that is tangible. You know, that, that school or uh, the world may teach us, you know, it's a, okay, they call it a talent. Like when you have a talent, you can then be passionate. But if you don't have a talent, and we believe everybody has a talent, everybody has something they're good at, something they care about. But I want to bring somebody on who I definitely know has a tangible talent that you can feel that, um, dang, I like that you can really feel, you know, this person has an intangible talent that you can feel. Y'all like ain't catching me. This person <laughs> has an intangible talent that you can P-H-I-L. And I don't know if I'm spelling that right. How you spell Phil? That was right? Yeah. P-H-I-L, an intangible talent that you can feel um, both with his name and the actual things that you can, you know, touch into. So right now we want to bring on to the to the stage, Mr. Isaiah himself. How you doing, Phil? What's going on? What's going on? Woo! what's up y'all my man my man i like where you at man it look it looks great it looks like my type of vibe it's fire right you what? know that's the best way to quarantine with um some good people who who are you with right now um with my boy demetri my boy mo y'all can um, talk to him hello hello doing,
1: y'all?
4: y'all
1: vibing
0: how you doing Demetrius? Cool. We, we definitely gonna get into y'all because i know the power that y'all got too when we talking about passion. so we definitely got Got a question or two for you. Uh, Phil, right now, uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, I've been knowing you for a good minute. Uh, Y'all has been knowing you for longer. Uh, we have an end point that we want to tap into with this song. Okay. song called Tell Me. What's up? That for all our viewers, we want you to go listen to. Uh, currently, you can follow uh, Philip Isaiah on on the Instagram. You can click his his. On the Instagram, IG. On, on, the, IG. on the internet. On the Instagram, y'all on the ground. Click, link, click the link in the bio and check out his new single, Tell Me, um, because that's where we are right now. We found yes. we an avenue. We found a lane. We found... I want to go deeper than that because you found a way to, to go so deep that you're now pushing it out.
1: Tap into that.
0: But before we talk about the fact that you're pushing it out now, Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, Tell us who you are. Where you from? Like, let's go back to Littlefield. Littlefield.
4: My name is Philip Isaiah. I am from Columbia, South Carolina. Eight hundred three, born and raised. Yes, sir.
1: I was gonna. um, I remember the transition into owning your name. I get into Bryant a lot because you know I'm not a name person, but like I remember the transition when he started going by Philip Isaiah. I was like okay Who you are you know
4: i'm not philip banks anymore <laughs> no it it's, not <laughs> it's, it's like ownership. ownership
1: and you know you like you know i know i got something special i'm gonna do something with it
4: and what's wild about that is um that was actually going to be the name i used as what i performed under but um I guess it just came to me as like this is the name that you know my mother gave to me. And um shit, my name was actually supposed to be Isaiah Phillip. I mean, how weird does that sound? So <laughs> um Philip Isaiah just worked, man. It just sounds like it's supposed to be an, a singer's name, and that's that's what I am. So
0: it works. So
2: yeah, it's like the day you decided that was
0: it. You are a singer. Um, so I guess a question I have is at what point in your life. In the life, the 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 long short life you live, at what point did you feel like a singer? Like when did that when did that become a thing for you?
4: When did I become a singer,
0: man? I've been
4: singing all my life, man. Like really, like my dad's a pastor, so like I've I've grown up in the church and like singing on the choir. I've always been singing on somebody's choir mm-hmm. throughout like high school, or uh, whether it be at church or whether high school I went to college and I did the gospel choir there as well. So that's always been a part of me. I would say the part where I really feel like, you know, I could label myself as a singer or somebody that could sing that knew I could sing it was probably in high school. I did one of my first performances in front of the uh, the whole class and like, I guess nobody knew I could sing and I came out there and everybody was like, yo, what? And I was like, Oh, I guess I do have a gift. I guess I do have a talent.
0: Okay, what high school did you
4: did you go to? I went to the Ermo High School, man. Yellow Jackets, man, all other day, every day. Jackets, the Yellow Jackets, the other oh. Yellow Jackets. These the other Yellow Jackets oh, back oh, here, man. That's not I was go go gonna
1: say you barely Columbia, but I I didn't want to make it that type of show.
4: Made it hot. You can check the address though.
1: It's, you're barely Columbia,
4: but <laughs> I don't know, make this type
1: of show. We, you know, <laughs> we claim you. It's cool. It's cool. I'm we'll from Columbia,
4: South Carolina.
1: I'm gonna be the main one on Twitter. Philip Isaiah went to school here.
0: He, he, he ran for Columbia. We're
1: the same city.
0: Big shout out to Phil. Uh, yeah, you got any questions for Phil?
1: No, I, I really just wanted to dive into that name thing. I really was a big fan. I remember sitting down and talking about your brother buying you, um, like investing into your music. You thought I forgot. Like just, and at that point it was like, I need to take this seriously. What happened prior to that to make you feel like, okay, I can't keep running away from this? Cause you sing jokily a lot.
4: What happened to make me take my music seriously? Um I don't I won't say that it's like one specific instance, but I will say that uh working on on Phil, my that single I re- released. A while back, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that song, but Phil was uh the first time that I really was like, Yo, like I, I'm kind of straight at this, like I'm, I'm I could sing a little bit, but um, after that, it, it, it I had a journey, I had a journey, man. It, it took a minute for me to release again, but that's that's I, I would say that's the point I knew I had something special.
1: I love I love a good journey, but. You know, I want y'all to dive into
0: more of this music thing, because you going to it. So Phil, right now, I got a question for you. You're- so, as far as what's on the screen right now, Oh man, how do you feel about this album, all pun intended? How do you feel, Phil, about this album right here, this album on the screen?
4: That's arguably the greatest D'Angelo album right there, man. But, it, I mean, it depends on the day, too, because you could listen to Black Messiah and be like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. And on the next day, you can say, what's up with Brown Sugar? Brown Sugar,
2: bro. It's,
4: it's like that. But voodoo. Voodoo is crazy because, like, that's that's a whole spell in like itself. He really got in his... Like, that was him in his prime. Right. It really felt like that <laughs> came into itself for real, bro. You can hear, like, all the elements that made him, like, him. Mm-hmm. It was archy in a sense. It was, like, real spiritual. But, like... It was voodoo, so it was like casting a spell through like the whole album. It
0: was amazing. It's perfect. Voodoo off top, when we talk about, um, you said casting a spell, which is something I believe music definitely has the power to do um, in any realm, Like however you can do it. So when you look at voodoo, when you look at the aspects of music, when you look at the theory of music, uh, we talked about you growing up in a church earlier, uh, being able to, to, to tap into your passion, to tap into your talent. Uh, What do you admire about, about music? Oh man. Like, what does it mean to you? Why, why do you value music? That's
4: a deep question dog. Why do I value music, man? That's, that's just, it's really my release, man. It's really my release. I go through a lot daily. And I mean, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people do know. I mean, some people do know, uh, you know, the things that I go through, the things that I face, the challenges that I go through. And um, you can take away a lot from me, but you can't take away my song. So I think music is the thing for me, it's my everything. Like you can take you can take whatever from me and you ain't gonna take my voice. I'm always have that. Amen. So that's 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 my thing, that's my key.
0: It is the voice, it is. What I call the uh, the universal language, that is what that is what music is, and we'll be continue to be able to speak and and and, and tap into each other from that. But speaking of your voice, right now we want to, I would say a snippet, but I want to get into something, you know, let the world, let our listeners uh, hear something that we hope is being um, played through all type of airwaves, you know, this week, next week, next month, throughout the year, and throughout the future. So now, you'd like to introduce uh, the single that you released this week, alongside the producer and the engineer who put this masterpiece together, uh, let us know what we about to listen to. Uh, we're about to play a song, run, run through a table. Y'all good with that? Yeah, we
2: do.
4: This is, it. we really just put this together. Like, you know, so it's, it's we gonna see how it goes. Oh, yeah, gonna turn that i speakers up. Just a little bit. how it sound?
0: We good. We're good. Where we good. Alright, turn my guitar down a bit on that side. Where am I looking mouse? I got a mouse on the side too, but yeah, that's true. You know what it's all good. I'll turn it down. I got I got you <laughs> right there. It's all good. <laughs> Run it. You good, you good. Tell
2: me, tell me, baby tell me, Baby, hey, you're there Something on your mind You ain't even got to say anything, no mm. It's cause show so easy. It's written off on your face Oh, there's something going on mm. Can you please just say what's wrong? Oh, no. no, no, I can't read your mind I just want everything to be already. all right Oh, baby Please just tell Tell me, tell me Go going on? Don't you tell me Tell me I know it's wrong Oh No, 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 no Cause I know it's something and you know it's something And you know I'm not touching Till we have a discussion Let's work this thing out We'll find out what it's about I can't stand seeing you hurt Cause I know what you deserve You can't Tell me anything. I'll be your diary, baby. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh shit. You can tell me anything. I'll be your diary, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That
4: came together pretty straight.
2: That was how decent. <laughs> that was decent. Bro. That was it right now. <laughs> this is it right here. I'm going to
4: let y'all know. They sound so beautiful. Don't you agree?
0: We, we can go all night with this. Don't y'all don't want to do that. Y'all don't want to do that. Hey. Also. Replay featuring Philip
4: Isaiah and Reese. How you that's how you say name,
2: Reece. <laughs> Reece,
0: Reece. 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 poppy man? Reese. Reese, Reese. 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 Yeah. Rhenesia. Rhenasia. Rhonasia. Right. Replay. You gotta break her name down. Hey
4: man. Mo just dropped the project, man. Yeah, retro mo, man.
2: You, featuring
4: man. uh the one and only Philip Isaiah. Exactly produced by me and
0: Bonnie right there. Him, engineered bro. by Vonnie right there. Tell him, hey, hey, him, Vonnie. hey, tell him, bro. Talk to him, Vonnie. What you got going hey, on, man? It's the big, 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 Vonnie you already coming to me live from the room, from the big room, purple room. It's usually purple up in here, but it's all good today. It's good. It's <laughs> really the dungeon. This really the dungeon, though, for this real, bro. it all bro. go down, man. No, nah, man, we, we cook but up I, in here. I got so many artists that come through here, bro, like from South Carolina and North Carolina specifically, and I'll be in Atlanta, and I'll be... I just got back from L.A. last week. Like, I, I got to pull up there. Music music is, is what brought me to everything I am. So I got to pull up just to sit on the floor, behind, under the vinyls, bro. Hey, Come bro. through. Man. Come through. I promise Absolutely. it's a vibe every time, man. Absolutely. We, we appreciate all three of y'all um, as far as what you stand for, what you believe in, uh, how much music means to you guys. Um, one thing we were talking about earlier is the intangible aspect of a passion. Y'all are not here specifically chasing money and saying, you know, I got to get some clout or I got to do this. Y'all create from a lane of actually caring about what you're putting together. I um, wanting to create something that's going to mean something. I want to create something that's going to impact people and want to create something that's going to last a lifetime. So I think not just Phil, but all three of y'all. And I want to make sure everybody in the chat, dive into the chat. Uh, Phil, drop, drop their names in the chat. Make sure people following them. I will do. So, so maybe we can bring y'all along on the episode. You know, we can sweat chairs. We can just switch it around. I'm done. And we, can, we can get in the mo joint now because, you know, I pee. Pete. I pee. All so, right. You know, yeah,
4: I'm with it, man.
0: Definitely want to thank you guys uh, for being on the baby radio episode, too. Appreciate um, you. I really am. Honored, yeah.
2: man. Hey, And
4: make sure y'all eating mangoes out there, yo. For real. It's important.
0: Getting the vitamins right. in, you know.
4: Remember if he ain't treating you like
0: treating you right, let that man go. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Time. Huh? <laughs> out the gate, man. Much love to you guys, man. Yes, sir. All right, we out of here. All right. All right. So on the way out, that was dope, man.
3: I
1: loved
2: it.
0: That was dope. It, we, when, I, when I talk about like performers, just to tell our just to tell our audience, like our goal is to like have an art aspect every show. We didn't know Phil was gonna perform. No, I so thought
1: we... he was gonna talk about it. But you know,
0: if you st-
1: if you stay ready, you ain't gotta
0: get ready. Yeah, we we was gonna play the songs to let y'all know it's popping. But he he's ready at all times, and and again, that's something that he's very passionate about. And the arts are something we really can use in our lives to stay passionate and to to stay active and stay happy, especially during this time. So right now, we want to get into our final segment. We want to give you guys something to introduce into your lives. So first up. Yeah, yeah, what do you have for the people this week?
1: I have The Four Agreements. Um, last, It's not last month. April Book of the Month for abebe was The Alchemist. And The Four Agreements, to me, was a great follow-up. It's one of those books that it's not a self-help book. It's a personal freedom book. And as I was talking to Brian about it, it's one of those books that helps you tap into yourself a little bit better. It's not even about just about you. In storytelling format. It's not like one morning and inhale. So if you haven't already read it, I definitely suggest copping
0: The Four Agreements. That's something I read. She actually put me on that. It changed your mindset in general as far as how you look at life. On something I, I want to put into you guys' lives, um, just having looked back at the passing of Nipsey Hussle, uh, Kobe Bryant passing earlier this year, another death that affected me um, year before last was the passing of Matt Miller. Um, mm-hmm. having Philip Isaiah on the show today brings me to uh, young gentlemen, young men looking into the music theory, looking into instruments, uh, looking into these sound waves that not just your voice, but in general, um, everything that can be put together. And so, I want to I'm gonna stay on the music tip this time again. I don't know if you can see it. Let me get my get my light right. This right here is an album. I don't know if you see, me try to block my light. Let me see. Hey, there go. I like that right there. This right here is an album by Mac Miller. It's called The Divine Feminine. Um, if I got a suggestion again, I might bring it up every February um for, for other reasons. But the Divine Feminine is an album by Mac Miller that really introduced to me the aspects of love that I think the world needs to hear. Um, and you can take it how you want to, have you listen to it. But the Divine Feminine is something that provides uh, bops. It provides great sounds. It provides great songs while also introducing you to to musical theory that a lot of things we may listen to now may not have for you. So definitely tap into that so that you can understand even more how music has a power um, to change your life.
1: Thank you guys for tuning in. It's We finished episode two. We're so excited. It only gets better from here.
0: Only get better.
3: It only gets better. Thank you guys for engaging. Oh, you guys are awesome. I'm excited.